Welcome to the Biodiversity Podcast, an oasis of thought giving space and time to the matters of life around us and how we can support it. Together, we will dive into different topics of biodiversity and hopefully fill your tool belt with the knowledge to make a small difference yourself. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Biodiversity Podcast. Today, I would like to introduce you to the opportunities to bring more biodiversity to an already existing area. As landscapers, we often get projects that already have existing plant beds. The biodiverse approach to these is to incorporate the old landscape with the new. The main reason we would like to keep as much of the old landscape as possible is not to disturb the living organisms already situated. This is where we have to use our professional judgment, see what we can and should keep, and what we unfortunately have to get rid of in favor of something more suitable. So, that is actually how you get started. You take an estimate of the project area and thereafter see what fits with your plans and design. Of course, there will be things that have to be replaced or removed But just keep in mind that a lot of things can be incorporated in new ventures. Often when we are looking to add more biodiversity, no matter an existing area or a new landscaping area, we start at the same point. So we start by looking into our indigenous species and work off of these. I would also recommend when choosing plants to give each variant a considerable amount of space. The quantities matter because they give a bigger area for domestic insects and wildlife to thrive and get properly settled. The aesthetical value is also very high, as larger areas of the same variant can seem peaceful and natural. We have a rule of thumb when it comes to how many different species of plants have to be available in order to classify an area as diverse. The number is approximately 15 to 20 different species in a given area of 30 to 50 square meter. A little disclaimer here, these numbers mostly apply to the continental areas of Northern Europe, where we are situated. This number is just a guideline of when you have diversified enough for the area to host as much diversity as possible. So diverse native plants are first on our list. Thereafter, we can also take a look into the other elements present or yet to be present in our area. These different elements could be organic matters, old tree trunks, a water source, and piles of rocks. These elements need to be undisturbed in order for micro and macro life to settle. Often it is the look that we consider messy that has the prerequisites to host an abundance of life. Water provides liquid for all life necessary functions. It is therefore very convenient to have water sources close. Furthermore, rocks and pebbles of all sizes are perfect spots for insects to create homes and welcome new generations of decomposers. Where rocks are great for creating nooks and crannies for living quarters, tree trunks and branches provide fibrous food for the masses. Often we have removed old pieces of trees for the sake of order, but that is foregone. 
Create areas where you can leave stacks of tree material and thereby give them a place in the cycle of life. Now to a relevant but slightly different topic. When introducing biodiversity to a public area, make sure to communicate the new changes with the citizens. A lot of biodiverse actions can look untidy. It's important to acknowledge this factor and provide educational material for the public to be included. A very good tool is information boards placed at the area where city dwellers can quickly read about the new improvements. Another way could be to educate our landscapers so that they feel confident talking about their work and the biodiverse actions they are a part of. Here we have a great opportunity to create a connection between us and the community. A landscaping teacher needs to equip the students with the tools to communicate a craft in rapid development. Instead of mowing lawns, young landscapers could be champions of biodiversity and sustainability. Citizens will have a hard time accepting the paradigm shift that our city should go through if the goals aren't properly communicated. History has taught us that the tidy look is what we've come to expect and appreciate as socially acceptable. Garden art and culture is tightly bound in European history. Even though there were many different styles and periods, the common theme throughout Moorish, Renaissance, Baroque, and Romantic gardens is the human control of nature. The unnatural forms that tame nature's way. European cities like Valencia, Utrecht, and Vienna have had great success in reversing the 1970s idea that infrastructure comes first and have become havens of urban greening and an inspiration to the rest of Europe. Valencia was chosen as European capital of smart tourism last year thanks to its climate consciousness and focus on sustainability. Transitions on that scale take a lot of time and are met with different degrees of skepticism. That's why proper communication is of the utmost importance. How are you supporting biodiversity initiatives where you are? Is your city or town doing enough? Leave us a comment. You've been listening to another edition of the Biodiversity Podcast. This program is supported by Green Academy Aarhus. Join us next time and remember you are already a part of the change we all need.